in the Bible tonight, Revelation chapter 17. I appreciate you guys doing what you do over there, and I know it makes a difference. It's a sometimes seems like a thankworthy, thankless ministry, but it's not. It's doing something. So thank you for it. Revelation chapter 17. Father, we ask you tonight to bless us. I pray that you'd meet with us. I pray that you'd give my uh, my mind and my mouth the direction that it needs. Help me to uh, focus in here on the notes that I've written and the, the truths in this passage. And I pray you'd help me to bring out of these things, not just the doctrine and teaching that our church needs to know the truth, but also the applications that I believe you've given that might help us, Lord, to guard our hearts against the attacks of the adversary. Strengthen us, we pray. Bless the ministries of this church. Bless the soul winning efforts. Bless the, uh, the, the efforts of individuals to invite their friends and family members to come to church. And bless the folks' effort to get here tonight and sit down and get some more Bible in uh, two times on, on Sunday, Lord. What a blessing. It's just not very common anymore nowadays that people would go this far out of their way to come back to church on a Sunday night. And they've got to get up for work in the morning. And Father, I, I really beg you, help me to never as a pastor get to where I take it lightly when people come back to church or come on a midweek. God, thank you for giving us a good morning service, but thank you also for these folks that made this extra effort to get here and help me to be faithful, Lord, to study hard and to pray up and to give them something that's worth their time being here. Uh, help them, God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to leave here. Uh, better off than we came and, and glad that we had come here. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're looking here in Revelation chapter 17 at the woman who rides the beast. He's carrying her and she's described in verse number 1 as a whore. It says in 17.1, And there came a, a one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I'll show unto thee the judgment. So this is the whore's judgment is coming. Of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. You see that? She's riding on the beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So here you got this woman riding the beast, and what she is is a whore, and what he is is her transportation. Obviously, right? So if she's a whore, what's her motive? Money. Very simple. So if he's carrying her from place to place, he's the pimp. That's literally what you have going on here. You've got a spiritual whore and a spiritual pimp carrying the whore because he makes money off the whore. What you're going to find out as you go down through this thing is you're going to find out that he's like any other pimp in the world. When he's done with her, he'll put a bullet in her head and dump her in a dumpster somewhere and not think anything of it. Because he's using her for his own good. He's nothing like the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for his bride. He's nothing like the Lord Jesus Christ who cares about her, protects her, and, and, and helps her, and, and watches over her, and humbles himself to take care of her. He's, he's the opposite of that. He's a lot like the men nowadays in this culture. Using women for their own advantage. And she's a lot like the women nowadays in this culture. Doing whatever it takes to get ahead in life. And using what God's given her for her own benefit and her own advantage. And what this thing is, is this is a spiritual whoredom. 
Notice with me, if you would, go back to Ezekiel chapter 28. I'm going to show you some things about this whore and about the beast, starting in Ezekiel chapter 28. So I already pointed out to you that since she's a whore, you know her motive is going to be money. And we're going to see as we uh, go down through this passage that she's filthy, filthy, filthy rich. Ezekiel chapter 28, 13. Here's why you need to note that and what the connections that need to be made so that we know what we're talking about when we look at Revelation chapter 17. Now, I want to say this while you're returning to Ezekiel 28. We're going to start in verse number 13. What you got to understand is what I'm going to teach you is so politically incorrect, it's not even funny. And what I'm giving you is Bible. I'm going to give you chapter and verse, and we're going to make the applications. I'm just going to give you Bible and facts and details. And what you have to understand is that doesn't make me a hate monger. I'm going to show you who this whore is. It's a religious system. And its motivation is money and power. And where that comes from is Lucifer. And it's going to be highly offensive. I'm not trying to be offensive. I promise you that. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm half Italian and half Irish. My dad's Irish. That's the Reagan side. My mom's a camarada. That's the Italian side. You know what my whole family is going all the way back? Roman Catholics. Actually, you run my dad's side back, I think it's four generations, and there was a Methodist circuit-riding preacher, one of the Reagans. He was a Methodist circuit-riding preacher who is actually a, a pretty solid guy as far as that's concerned, saw a lot of souls saved from what they say. And he lost his family. Uh, he lost his family to the devil. Because he lost his temper. If the stories are right, he hit one of the kids in the head with a shovel. Messed his brain up. Because, he, gentlemen, he that hath not rule over his own spirits like a city that's broken down without walls. That's, a, that's an Irish trait for Irish men to be hotheads. And as a result of being gone traveling all the time and coming home and getting frustrated and losing his temper, he lost his family. They wound up Roman Catholics. Pretty heartbreaking see multiple generations ruined and destroyed. And when you go back and you look at those guys, they were always religious. But they didn't have the Lord. And so the Reagan men, I get, I get pretty aggravated at people that brag about their families all the time. Like, oh, the Reagan. You know how the Reagans are? Oh, we're Reagans. You know, all this family pride. I don't know about you, but I think we're all a bunch of sin-cursed fools. And if you've got a halfway decent lineage, it's Jesus Christ that did it. If you are fine, moral, upstanding, good people, then so what? If you die and go to hell, what difference does that make anyways? And I don't like all that stuff. I know what Reagan men are. I'm one of them. I'm not bashing my dad and my grandpas and all that stuff. I'm just saying, we're sinners. They're always good religious men, but you know what you had ever since then? You had divorce, 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 alcoholism, alcoholism, alcoholism. Just an absolute train wreck all the way down through there. And all good Roman Catholics. On the other side of the family, good, solid Roman Catholics. I mean, a fine, moral, upstanding, decent people. You know what you got? Mafia. <laughs> really, genuinely. Good, fine, moral. You know what I'm talking about? You understand what I'm talking about? I don't hate Catholics. But I'm going to show you that what we're looking at here, according to God, is the Roman Catholic Church. 
And when you look at that thing historically, you understand that that is Revelation chapter 17 and that the beast hooks up with her, Satan uses her, and Lucifer uses her and hooks up with the church that names the name of Jesus Christ, calls itself a church, he hooks up with her, and the Bible calls her a whore. And she's rich. That's the first thing we're looking at right here in Ezekiel chapter 28. Look at verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, see it? Making money. They filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering chariot, from the midst of the stones of fire. Watch this. Thine heart was what? You guys remember the first point this morning? He's high. He's exalted high above the universe, above all it is. So coincidentally, everybody's wanting to get what nowadays? Let's go get high. Somebody pointed out to me this afternoon that understands that stuff because God was, was messed up in that world before he got saved. And he said, the whole point of all of it is to try to escape the world, try to escape life, try to rise above your circumstances to get away from it all. He said, that was a great point, man. You know who's high? God. You know what Lucifer wanted to do? Exalt herself. So what, what Lu, exalt himself. So what Lucifer wants is power. He wants to reign over the kings of the earth. And so what he's doing with this whore that he's riding, he's using her to get him where he wants to go, is that he sets her up as a power over all the earth. And he was rich. His heart was lifted up. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy... You know the point I made to you this morning about how They've discovered these cities that are laid out like a, like a computer, like a, in, like a motherboard of a computer when they follow the lines of that thing and then they could see the two chips to the, to, the, to the sun god and the moon god and all that stuff and the dimensions of that stuff and how it relates to outer space and how there was no way possible for people back in that day to have understood all that. But they, they had to be so far advanced, um, um, elect, uh, not electronically, um, as far as astrology is concerned, engineering, mathematics, science, they're past where we are already with what they're finding. They still can't build some of the stuff that they were building back then. The sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now here's what I'm trying to tell you. You're carrying around something that's got a chip in it. They're saying that the computers were laid out like their cities were back then. And the devil's the prince and the power of the... So he's putting a device in your hands. Witty inventions. To connect you to stuff that ain't there. And you know what blows my mind? You kids listen to me, especially you young girls. You boys need to listen too because I'll help you out here. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you something that will help you out the rest of your cotton-picking life. I'm serious. What I'm going to give you is going to help you. Those stupid apps you play around with that make you look prettier than what you are, that's insulting. Why do you got to invent this thing that takes away my wrinkles? Makes me look plastic. 
makes me look skinnier. You start feeling bad about yourself. All these women posting this stuff, but they're using all these filters and all the rest of that. They're lying to everybody. Tell us the truth there, little Miss Wrinkles. <laughs> Stop making everybody jealous of what you're really not. That stuff's messed up. And you boys grow up looking at stuff on devices and on iPads and on phones and on computers and on television, sneaking around looking at stuff when your parents aren't looking and you're adjusting your mind to something that's not reality. It is demonic. And what's going to happen is you're going to wind up a perverted mess. You're not going to be able to be satisfied by the reality of life the way God designed you to be. God knows exactly what you need and how to make you happy and fulfilled and satisfied and pleased in life. Lucifer said, I want to be better. I want more. I want more. Higher. Higher. He said, you were beautiful and you knew it. And you were rich and you knew it. But you wanted more. Well, that's the motive of this false religion and you better watch it in your own life. Go with me to second uh, for to First Timothy chapter six, please. First Timothy chapter six. So the whore's motive is money, and since we've already seen it before, we saw the leopard as we were going through here. She mixes; it's all it's all intermingled, right? So if the motive is money, she'll do whatever she's got to do to make sure the money keeps coming in. So that's why right now they're going out and they're changing all the rules that they've always had. Now, good, honest Catholics that genuinely think that they've been given the truth are starting to step back and think a little bit. Do you guys realize what a great day you live in to be able to reach people? You live in a great day and time to reach people. I'm excited about it, man. I think God's going to give us some gleanings before the trumpet sounds. You know, it might be tomorrow, but you know, I hope it's tomorrow. But you know, it'll be great to get one tonight. Get one in the boat tonight before the trumpet sounds tomorrow or tonight. Wouldn't that be good? But anyways, I digress. I think God's going to let us have some gleanings because some people are thinking right now. The Pope come out and he said um, that he's going to bless uh, the homosexual unions, right? You know what he's doing? He's a chameleon. He's a leopard. He'll do whatever it takes to keep the money flowing in and keep his popularity, uh, uh, keep his approval, approval ratings high. I mean, it's either right or it's wrong. Truth doesn't change. I could care less if it's 2024. I've already told you I was born 100 years out of my time. My brain don't work like the brain of this day and age. I don't, I don't know why God put me here. I'm happy that he did, but I don't know why he did. Maybe just to be a pain in the neck and a burn of the saddle of this culture. Maybe that's my job. I don't know. But I'm telling you, man, I don't get it. Truth doesn't change. And I don't understand. What drives me crazy is I don't understand how intelligent, educated, first world, American Christians, Christians can start rethinking everything that they believe. Start thinking that a preacher is way off base and wrong to get up here and tell you that homosexuality in the eyes of God is an abomination. To get up here and tell you that the Roman Catholic Church is the great horror of Revelation chapter 17. <gasps> How could you say that? What are you going to do if uh, 10, 15, 20 years from now you get fired because your boss listens to what I have to say and knows you go to this church? Preacher, do you really have to? Yeah, I have to. Do you understand that? I have to preach the Bible. I have to tell you the truth. You do understand that, right? I don't have a choice. My motive ain't your money. 
My motive is your heart. My motive is you knowing that book and knowing what God has to say and not being deceived by the spirit of this age and what's going on in this world. The motive of religion is your money. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Are you there? Look at verse 10. I'll back it up to 9. But they that will be rich, see the problem? Fall into temptation and a snare. It's a snare of the devil. It's a snare of the beast. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you know that does not say money is the root of all evil? It's loving the money. So, I don't think it's wrong for God to give you money. Do you know God does allow that sometimes? Sometimes God does bless people. Sometimes, sometimes when somebody just gets in their Bible and studies biblical principles and just kind of like biblical common sense, they learn that I better work, I better spend less than I make, or make more than I spend. Those are my two options. That's what my dad taught me when I was this tall, my first allowance. You either have to spend less than you make or make more than you spend. Those are your options. It's called a budget. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff is just practical Bible that if you do these things 10 or 15 years from now, you'll be shocked at where you could actually get yourself. It's not money that's wrong. It's the love of money that's wrong. And the, the desire for money and the going after money is a snare of the devil. It's the root, the Bible says, of all evil. Are wars evil? Yes, you can answer yes. They are very evil. Do you know what men do in war? <laughs> what they do to each other? What, what some of them, and especially with their religious beliefs, will do to women and children in war? You, do you understand how evil war is? What's the motive of it? It's always money. That's why there's no hope for politics. <laughs> Sorry. It's the love of money. It's the root of all evil. That's the problem with religion. It's about the money. Doesn't care about you. Doesn't care about you. Listen, a lot of people might not like me, might not agree with me, might think I'm crazy, might literally, I mean, some people literally would not slow down long enough to spit on me if I was on fire. I know that for a fact. But one thing they know, I'm not after their money. You might not agree with my positions, but you'll know one thing for sure. I love this book and I love the Lord and my motive ain't money. And I can't let my motive be money. I got to guard my heart against that thing because it's a root of all evil. It's a snare of the devil. It'll mess you up. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. I'd rather have a little less and have my wife and kids around my table and love each other and, and be happy together and eat some salad. A little cilantro on it. It's pretty cheap. Some peppers. Trust me, I love us. I've been thinking about buying a cow. I want a whole thing. I want the whole cow. You understand what I'm talking about? I want them to get all the skin and guts and all that out, but I want the whole thing. It's just I could eat steak every day of my life. You understand what I'm talking about? But if me and my wife aren't getting along and my kids hate their old man and don't respect me and don't love me and I'm sick of them. 
I would just think and rather have a, some salad. You understand what I'm talking about? You guys, money ain't everything, but this world's trying to tell you that money means everything. It doesn't mean everything. It's a trick of the devil. By the way, you can't ever afford to get married. No, I'm kicking the culture tonight. You know what the culture tells you? Career? Family? And then maybe if you got career ready and you guys got all your money together, so you're 50 when you finally have a baby, you know, by a miracle of God, Sarah's little, you know, medical intervention. You're, but you're ready now. So you get your career first, then family. Then if you can fit God in on the weekends, make sure you pull God in on it after the fact so that your kids don't become drug addicts, but they're decent people. This world's got it all messed up. It is God first, number one, God. I'd rather have poor kids that are in church faithfully, listening to the Bible preached, raising my grandkids with patches on the knees and patches in the shoes, but Bibles under their arm. Then watch them be rich, driving around fancy vehicles and all the rest of that junk and have no time for God. It is God first. After God is my family. And then after that, there's a career because the career takes care of the family and God said to have a career, so get a job and work a job and don't quit your job. Amen. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter 2.15. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. You need to back it up to verse 13. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves at their own deceivings whilst they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. They target the weak ones. And heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. You see what Balaam's problem was? You know what he loved? Money. So you know what he did? He set up a religious setup where we could intermingle a little bit of God and a little bit of Baal. And we'll get your kids to marry their kids because guess what? We're all trying to get to the same place. We're all serving the same God. We just have different ways of trying to get there. That's as demonic as Lucifer himself. You got Balaam, you got Balak, and you got Baal. You know what they represent? The beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. It's an unholy trinity going all the way back to the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. And what they were doing is getting the priests of Baal to go in there and start ministering and mixing with God's people. In other words, you name the name of Jesus and you pull Jesus into the picture, but you make sure that you take the preaching of Jesus and you mix it in with some false doctrines that aren't of God. And the motivation is money. You need to read some books. You need to read uh, Vatican Billions. Uh, there's a few more if you want them. I can get them. I got them written down that will teach you a lot about the Roman Catholic Church and how much money they have. Do you know you cannot comprehend how filthy rich that church is they're, they're filthy rich did you know that the, I read one thing that said the Pope's little crown thing that he wears is over 
The motive, you know what the motive is? You know why the Christians are you Christians? That was the Roman Catholic Church. That wasn't you and me. That was not our bloodline. Christians are fighting the Muslims. You know what they both wanted? Land. You know why? Land is money. You can run this thing all the way back. Folks, it goes back before. It goes back into the Old Testament, which will show you the kingdoms coming up next and how this stuff is rooted all the way back there at the beginning in Nimrod. Mother-son worship. So you pray to the mother, the holy mother. Mother-son worship, that ain't in the Bible. Mary needed a savior. Perpetual virginity of Mary. Come on, man. You know how many other children she had? Where'd you get that garbage? That ain't in the Bible. That mother-son worship stuff, that's got evil roots. That's as wicked as it comes. That ain't God. Are you in the book of Jude? I think I told you to go to Jude, right? Verse 11. Woe unto them. Did you see I got it this time? I said verse 11. I always usually say Jude chapter, well obviously chapter 1. I always stumble up on it, but I'm getting good now. Jude 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of... For what? And perished in the gainsaying of Korah. There's a connection all the way through here to false religion and money. Look at uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. Revelation 2, 14. I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to th eat things sacrificed unto idols. So there's idolatry connected, and watch it, and to commit what? So there's idolatry and fornication connected with a, with a church that's wicked. That's wild, ain't it? Look at chapter 3, verse 14. Unto the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Verse 15, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am what? And increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. You know what the devil did for the ones that, these Laodiceans, you don't see anything in here about Balaam and Balak and Jezebel and committing fornication with her and all the rest of that stuff like God's telling the other churches, you better get that mess out. You better get that mess out. You better get that mess out. And that mess keeps creeping in, creeping in, creeping into the church. So with the Laodicean church, what the devil did, because this is the church that represents the end of the church age. You understand that in picture, right? It represents the end of the church age, which is the day and age that you're living in right now. But because of the Reformation and all the rest of that stuff and the amount of light that God spread around this planet through the preaching of the Word of God, through evangelistic preachers that believed the Bible and were preaching the gospel, uh, the Reformation, all that stuff after the Dark Ages, Martin Luther kicking that whole thing off and what happened with that solus scriptura, right? Getting out of the, getting out of the church. Well, the light that was shed, the devil got smart. So he said, all right, a lot of them aren't going to buy into all this false doctrine anymore. So you know what I'll do with them? I'll give them money. You're rich and increased with goods. 
You know what you got nowadays all over this country, especially this country? Filthy, rich, non-denominational, evangelical churches that are absolutely cold as they could possibly be to God. It is literally one foot in the world and one foot in church and bring the world into the church and the church into the world and it's all good. And it's going downhill like a sweating bullet, man. It's just flying downhill right now. It's going faster and faster and faster to the point that you got, you know, pastors telling people they have to teach in Sunday school that uh, it's okay to be homosexual. You know what the problem with it is? They love their money. You know why they won't get in the pulpit and preach the way I preach this morning and teach the way I'm teaching this afternoon and tell you the truth about this stuff? Because they'll lose money. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, oh, there's a really good church and they really love Jesus. Okay, perfect. I, great. Great. Well, they're not like us. Okay, great. They really love Jesus. Yes, okay. Let me preach. You watch what happens. I thought you really loved Jesus. No, don't mess with my money. Don't mess with my life. Don't ask me to put the Lord first. You know, you, you know you, you're considered a wacko if you come back to church on Sunday night nowadays. You're not a wacko if you work 70 or 80 hours to make more money. You're a wacko if you come back to church on a Sunday night. You're going on Wednesday night? What are you, in a cult? No, I want to go. It's my choice to go. Oh, you're crazy. But you can go sit out bare-chested in freezing temperatures tailgating for a Lions game. By the way, congratulations for being here tonight. Aren't they playing right now? They are right now? While we're here? Are they winning or losing? It's tied right now? We're in church. How did you know? You failed the test. Got him. I am playing. I'm just kidding. It was tied before he said... He said, Preacher, I will be in church till 458. I'll be in the parking lot till 458, but I will be there tonight. <laughs> I know we're set in history. I get it. But the Lord is first, isn't he? Amen. Revelation chapter 2, verse 9. Look back at Revelation 2, 9. <laughs> you saw the setup coming, Johnny? Did you say you knew it? Oh, he was watching. Oh, he was watching. Okay, he, was, he didn't see it coming either. He was too busy staring at the Lions game to see my setup. Revelation 2.9, I was seeing if you had your phones out in church. I know thy works and tribulation and what? Does it ever bother you when we struggle for three years to put on a tiny little edition and you watch them throwing up mega churches that correct the Bible and bring rock music into the church? and I aggravate you a little bit. You know, some of the churches in the area's weekly, weekly offering exceeds our annual offering. Weekly, I got an inside scoop. <laughs> got spies everywhere. That ever bother you? Well, it would bother me if this was the millennial kingdom, but our king ain't reigning right now. You're in the devil's territory, and I think he's been better to us than we deserve. And I'm not counting. I remember a preacher used to say this: we don't count attendance, we count the offerings. <laughs> a good preacher used to say that, and it was funny. I don't say that. I figure God will bring in the money. I care about seeing you in church. In this verse, he says, I know your poverty, but guess what? You're rich. Mm -hmm. You mean if I'm sitting at my table with salad 
and some peppers on it, a little cilantro, just suggest some onions, maybe some olives. That's all we got. But my kids love Jesus, and King James Bible is sitting right there, and everybody's read it today in their own private devotions, and God spoke to them. And we love each other. And I got my wife after 21 years, and I'm really hoping and praying God gives us at least 21 more. I mean, like, before we die, like, not get divorced after 42 years. That's not what I mean. I'd like to get 30 more. Be great. You mean I'm rich? Oh, I know there's mega churches out there, and I know that they're, you know, making more in a week than what we make and what we bring in here in a year. I know that. But I kind of feel like as a pastor, I'm pretty rich. You know why? Because we got some unity in this church. We got some love here. I think what we have is I think what we have is worth way, way more than money. We got the presence of God. God is genuinely, genuinely and unquestionably and definitely working in this church, in your hearts, in our, in our togetherness as a church. And I love seeing it. I'm praying this year that we have more people come and join. Paul and Teresa are going to be joining, not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday, they're going to be joining. Real, it's an answer to my prayer. We're not even through January and God's already answering it. I'm praying like-minded people that love the Bible, come and join. I'm praying also we get some people saved this year. That's worth more than all the money in the world to me. We do His work. He'll take care of us. Alright, so back over in Revelation chapter 17, there's a religious system that's a whore because it's all about the money. And in verse number 2, it says, With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So in verse 1, you notice she sits upon many waters. And if you look at verse 15, it says, He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Do you see that? See verse 15? So the waters where she sits, according to verse 15, is that she spread out around the globe. Peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So this is an international church. It's a global church. And what she does is she's involved in politics. That's verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So... It's a religious movement that's all about money, that's connected with the Antichrist, that's spread all the way around the globe, has international power, and the kings of the earth will fornicate with this thing. All right? Got to run some more references. Go to Jeremiah chapter 7. Let me show you something about this spiritual fornication. Jeremiah chapter 7. I want to show you who this is so you understand what's going on. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 8. Behold ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, commit adultery, and swear falsely? Burn incense unto Baal. I'm going to show you as we keep going that there's a connection between Roman Catholicism and Baal worship. And walk after other gods whom ye know not. And come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Do you see what they're saying? 
Do you see what this church is doing? This is God's people in the Old Testament. That's a type of the church. What they're doing is they're swearing, they're stealing, they're murdering, they're committing adultery. See adultery? They're swearing falsely. They're offering incense unto Baal, walking after other gods, and then coming into the house of God and saying, we haven't done nothing wrong. We're all one. It's the World Council of Churches. It's the United Nations. It's we're all trying to get to the same place. It's the Joel Osteen spirit that says, well, I wouldn't say that Jesus is the only way. That's a demonic spirit. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Period. It's a straight it's a straight. It's a straight way. And it's narrow, and few find it. You cannot mix them up. You can't have both. If you got both, you got something demonic. Go back to Ezekiel chapter 23. We were just there a little bit ago. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, chapter 23. Look at verse 36. Ezekiel 23, 36. The Lord said, Moreover unto me, son of man, wilt thou judge a whole law and a whole law? It's, a, it's a Samaria and Jerusalem. Yea, declare unto them their abominations, that they have committed adultery. Now watch what's connected to their committing of adultery. So this is Jerusalem and Samaria according to verse number 4. It's how we know who these two women are that the Lord's naming. And it says, these women have committed adultery and blood is in their hands. Ain't that interesting? So there's blood connected. There's bloodshed connected with their adultery. And with their notice, idols have they committed adultery. It's spiritual adultery. They're cheating on God by worshiping and praying to idols. Hello? Does anybody know of a religion that's got international power? The kings of the earth are always kissing up to her. She's, she's all around the globe. She's absolutely filthy rich. And she claims the name of Jesus Christ, claims to be following God, claims to have a Bible, but gets you to pray to idols. It might not be a new spirit. Yeah. And have also caused their sons whom they bear unto me to pass for them through the fire to devour them. Moreover, this they have done unto me. They defiled my sanctuary in the same day and have profaned my Sabbaths. For when they had slain their children to the, had slain their children to the idols, then they came the same day. I mentioned that this morning, by the way, killed offering their kids to idols. Then they came the same day into my sanctuary to profane it. So then it's not enough to offer your children, you're going to bring it into church. And lo, thus they have they done in the midst of mine house, and furthermore that ye have sent for men to come from far, unto whom the messenger was sent. And lo, they came, for whom thou didst wash thyself, paintest thy eyes, and deckest thyself with ornaments, and sattest upon a stately bed, and a table prepared before it, whereupon thou hast set mine incense and mine oil. 
And the voice of the multitude being at ease was with her and with the men of the common sort, a bunch of perverted, natural, brute beast men, were brought Sabians from the wilderness, which put bracelets upon their hands and beautiful crowns upon their heads. Then said I unto her that was old in adulteries, Wilt they now commit whoredoms with her and with she with them? Yet they went in unto her, and as they go in unto a woman that had played the harlot, so they went unto Aholabah and Aholah and Aholabah, the lewd women. And the righteous men, they shall judge them after the manner of adulteresses and after the manner of women that shed blood because they're adulteresses and blood is in their hands. Back to Revelation. Now you've got bloodshed, you've got adultery, you've got incense, you've got idolatry, all connected to bringing it into the house of God. They call it the Roman Catholic Wait a second. I thought the church was the body and blood and bride of Jesus Christ. They claim the name of Jesus. But what they're doing is Baal worship. They claim the name of Jesus, but what they're doing is idolatry. They claim the name of Jesus, but they're doing mother-son worship, which is really old, really ancient, and really wicked. I mean, it's as evil as it comes. It's connected to all this Greek mythology, which ain't so much mythology as it is Bible where the gods came down. Back in Revelation 17, right? Alright, so this woman, uh, she's committed, she's with the kings of the earth and has committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. See the color? Full of names of blasphemy. Now, I've showed you this before, and we don't have time tonight to run the references, but what's a name of blasphemy? It's to call a man Holy Father. You're told to call no man your father. And when they call a man Holy Father, that is the name of God. That's a name of blasphemy when you call a man that. You, do you see what I'm telling you? As we go down through this thing and we paint the picture... It's coming clearer and clearer into view. What we're doing is we're, we're zooming in the lens and we're focusing it in. And as you zoom the lens in and look through the lens of the Word of God and focus that thing in, you see more and more clearly exactly what this is. There's no doubt about it. All right, now watch this. Um, I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. We'll come back to that next time. And the woman was arrayed, here's her colors, in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. Now, wait a minute. According to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, purple is the Advent and Lent colors and Masses for the Dead. Woman was arrayed in what? Scarlet. Is that something else she's arrayed in? Yes, sir. Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Pentecost Sunday, celebrations of the Lord's Passion, of apostles and of evangelists, celebrations of martyrs. Celebrations of martyrs? Have you read Fox's book of martyrs? What is it, Martyr's Mirror? You know who is martyring Christians? The blood of the martyrs, huh? You dress in scarlet? They give you some more. Gold and silver are permitted in the United States for more solemn occasions. 
Gold and precious stones and pearls. You know what else she has in her hand? You see it? What do they drink out of that cup? They call it what? Did you see verse 2? They're drunk with the wine of her fornication. Who's drunk with the wine? Inhabitants of the earth. I got thinking about that. It's like, isn't it illegal for minors to drink alcohol? Yeah, I'm, I'm being a little bit sarcastic here. I already knew the answer to that question. Don't you know they do in church? How's this woman so connected politically that she can break the law and nobody gets in trouble? Those kids can sip that stuff. Now, since so many people squawk about it in the law, then the Catholic Church goes back and makes special provisions to offer non-fermented and grape juice and things like that. But they've always, they're always all sipping from that cup. They're drinking the wine. That's supposed to represent, somebody already said it, a bunch of you already said it, that wine's supposed to represent what? That's a bizarre thing, man. When he blesses it, it becomes the blood of Jesus? You take one, one passage of Scripture in John and twist that thing out of its context to make it fit, but you ignore the obvious teaching and the insanity of that's receiving the blood? I received the blood of Jesus Christ on my knees at five years old, begging Jesus Christ to forgive me because I'm a sinner. And he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for me, and I knew that I needed that precious blood to wash away my sin, his perfect blood, because mine's dirty. And I asked him to save me. And that's the application of the blood that I got. I never drank his blood. Uh, doesn't the Bible tell you before the, before the law not to drink blood? Doesn't the Bible tell you under the law not to drink blood? Doesn't the Bible tell you in the New Testament not to drink blood? Didn't God give you three witnesses not to drink blood? But people are so blinded and so deceived by her beauty and her riches. Didn't I show you that passage over in Ezekiel about his beauty and how he's covered with stones? You see the precious stones? All that glitters ain't gold, folks. <laughs> Satan has a silver tongue. He showed up to the first woman and he wooed her. He was the devil. He was setting up her son, her baby, to get murdered so she could weep at his grave. And he said, hey girl, you looking awful good. Ain't you something? I'll bet you anything Adam doesn't recognize how beautiful you are and how good he's got it. He don't treat you right, does he? Did God tell you you can't eat of every tree? Why's God holding you back? Always trying to put you down. Don't you know you can be anything the man can be? You can be a man if you want to. Does she feel like you really are a boy? He's smooth. And he's beautiful. And he's rich. And so it lends credibility. That's why I told you, I think when we get this edition done, you'll notice people will start stopping in. It's credibility. Thank the Lord for it. I think some credibility is okay. But you better not just go with the way you feel or the way it looks. You better come in with a Bible open and prayerful heart and your senses aware and saying, God, is this the truth? But she's rich. And so she's got them all duped. She's got them all fooled. The Catholic Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia I quote, the chalice, or at least the cup of it, 
must be made either of gold or silver, and in the latter case, if it's made of silver, in the latter case, the bull must be gilt on the inside. Thin coating or, or, or lettering or leaves of, of gold. By a figure of speech, the material cup is often as if it were synonymous with the precious blood itself. That's from the Catholic Encyclopedia. Well, this woman in verse number 6 says, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. You know what she ain't doing? She ain't drinking the blood of Jesus. She's drinking the blood of martyrs. She's confessing every Sunday. And the inhabitants of the earth are duped by her. They got no idea how lied to, how deceived, how tricked they are. Because they think in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and they're crossing themselves and they're sitting there and they're talking about Jesus, that they're good. But I've showed you all the way back in the Old Testament, the devil's the one that showed them how to mingle the two together in such a way that we can bring the damnation of God on Israel. Because when Balak got Balaam to try to curse Israel, he couldn't curse what God blessed. So Balak, Balaam taught Balak, like I know a workaround. I can't directly curse them, but if they intermingle the devil's stuff with God's stuff, God himself will curse them. And that's what he taught him to do. And then he said, all right, pay me. And he pays them. And so then the priests of Baal, who wore black robes, I'm telling you folks, it don't end. You don't have time for all the information out there. The priests of Baal, wearing black robes, worshiping on Sunday to the sun God. We gather on the first day of the week because it's the day Jesus Christ rose from the dead and in the New Testament they gathered on the first day of the week. So we're copying what they did. We're not gathering on Sunday because it's Sunday to worship the sun. You see how tricky that is? You see how subtle? You better know your Bible. You better make sure that you're studying that book and comparing religion to the word of God so that you know you got the truth. Hate me or not, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You know what I lose sleep over? I lose sleep if I feel like, man, I said something God didn't want me to say. I lose sleep if I'm like, man, that could have been misunderstood and I might have hurt somebody. I lose sleep if I compromised. I don't lose sleep if people don't like me. That, that to me, I mean, thank God. I, I, feel, I think that possibly the Lord wired me this way just to equip me for the day and age I live in. Pray I never change, please. All right, I know I skipped verse 5. I did it on purpose. Look at verse 5. Upon her forehead was a name written. All caps. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the world, of the earth. You know how many letters there is in her name? There's 13. You know what 13 is? It's a number of rebellion. Go to Genesis 13, 13. We're almost done for tonight. I'm going to pick it up here next time. Go to Genesis 13, 13. I'm going to show you 13 is a number of rebellion. It's connected to sin and it's connected to lustful, wicked, abominable living. Genesis 13, 13. But the men of Sodom... You know, your chapter and verse monkey markings aren't inspired according to the theologians who are smarter than God, right? 
their degrees and their, their, their Hebrew and Greek lessons qualified them to challenge Almighty God who inhabits eternity and promised that He was going to bring His Word down from eternity and preserve it from this generation forever. Good enough for you? Good enough for me. You have to go spend a bunch of money on a stupid education to be convinced that that's not true. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before God exceedingly. Go to 1 Samuel 15, 23. We'll stop here for tonight. 1 Samuel 15, 23. Oh, back up to 22. Let me get a run and start at it here. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey the Word of God is, is better than, than indulgences. It's better than 50 Hail Marys and 20 Our Fathers. It's better than your tithe check. You see, I'm not stupid. I know we have to have money to pay the bills. And I, I'm hoping and praying that we put this addition on. And I'm praying, I'm praying for a miracle. I'm praying we pay that thing off double, triple, quadruple time. I hope and pray we'll throw everything we can at it. And I hope and pray we knock that thing out. Because if we knock that thing out, if we pay that thing off this year, I will immediately start plans on a parking lot. Really. Because we need a parking lot, if you haven't noticed. But you know what I know? I know I don't have to push you for money. I have to teach you to love God, love the Bible, and obey Him. And if you obey God, you'll do with your money what God wants you to do. And if God doesn't lead you to do it, then God's timing ain't right for us. I'm good with it. I'd rather you love each other, love me, and love God, and have a, a dinner of herbs where love is. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than to... Fa uh, uh, I'm quoting it right now. Let me find where I was. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now watch it. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Huh? Rebellion is like witchcraft. Now, ain't none of you in here that would actually go put some potions together and try to curse somebody, would you? Come on, you wouldn't do that. You kids aren't so stupid as to play with one of your buddies' Ouija boards or play with these tarot cards. Or you girls wouldn't, you girls would get up from the lunch table at school and walk away if a little girl pulled tarot cards out of her lunchbox, wouldn't you? You wouldn't sit there around that stuff. You ain't lost your mind, have you? You're not that crazy. You'd get away from that stuff, right? But God said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. <laughs> That's a wild view. I'm trying to give you God's view of some of this stuff. I want you to understand it's not just, well, they're just, they believe in Jesus too. They just kind of got mixed up about idols. No. It runs way deeper and way farther back than that. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. So this sovereign citizen movement, I don't care what King James Bible believing preacher beats his chest about it. That is a demonic thing. I'm a sovereign citizen. You're not going to tell me what to do. Where did you find that in the Bible? 
I wouldn't have anything to do with a guy like that. Nothing. You go ahead and train wreck your own life. You know what you're doing? You're breeding rebellion into everybody else. And as soon as they're done rebelling against everything and everybody, they'll turn on you and rebel against you too. Enjoy your church splits, idiot. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I'm just bullheaded. I wouldn't go confessing that. Other than on my knees to God asking him to help me not to be such a stubborn mule. Because God said stubbornness is out of iniquity and idolatry. Well, you know me, I'm just bullheaded. Would you walk around saying, well, you know me, I'm just full of iniquity and I love praying to idols. You wouldn't say that, would you? You know what the Bible says about the harlot in Proverbs? She's loud and stubborn. And you know how you address her? You know how you know who she is? You see the way she dresses. Now, I'm not going to start preaching pants and pork. I never have, and I'm not going to start now. But ladies, let me just tell you this. Here's how to judge your wardrobe. Get in front of the mirror. Look and say, so what do you think, Jesus? And if Jesus says you look good, then go off, go off or go, go head out the door. And if Jesus says, well, I don't know, why are you wearing that? Then say, okay, I won't. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Do you see it? He also hath rejected thee from being king. I've got to stop, bro. I'm going to keep going because there's a lot more information I have to give you. But you know what that church has done? You know what all the religions have done? They've rejected the word of God for their own traditions, their own writings. You can mark it down. Roman Catholicism, Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. You keep going. You know what they all do? They reject the word of God. While they all give lip service to it and say, we can mingle them together. We can believe in the Bible and the Torah. We can believe in the Bible and the Watchtower. We can believe in the Bible and the Book of Mormon. We can believe in the Bible and what the Pope says. Well, the Pope just said homosexual, homosexual unions can be blessed. You can't have them both. And what you're into now is demonic witchcraft, rebellion, iniquity, and idolatry. All right, on that happy note, let's pick it up here next week. Father, we love you tonight. We 